Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi, I'm Linda Cohn, and you're listening to The Jake Brown Show. And welcome to The Jake Brown Show, CBS Radio's Play.it Podcast Network, iTunes and Spotify is where you find us, Jake Brown Radio and Jake Brown Show on social media. I was the I tried out for the Nets PA job yesterday, so I'm, I should just announce her as I'm the public address announcer. ESPN, 25 years under the belt and over 5,000 Sports Center broadcast. She hails from Eastern Long Island. It is Linda. Linda, thanks for coming on the show. How you doing? My pleasure. I would give you the job, Jake. That was <laughs> sensational. Yeah, I tried to. Uh, when it ends with a vowel when you're announcing the starting lineup for D'Angelo Russell, you, you just have to ex- extenuate the uh, the O at the end. Um, yes, so. you have to do some breathing exercises, obviously, <laughs> or some you know type of thing. It's very challenging. Uh, I need so. a lo- I need a lot of work on the, on that. Um, <laughs> but uh, now you're from Long Island, a fellow Mets fan, a uh, suffering Mets fan, and yes. Last night, I, I'm later about a month later than the rest of the fan base, but I officially gave up on the season. I said, you know what? It's over. It's time to sell. This is a disgrace. They can't play defense. Cespedes can't hit. Uh, the the pitching's just not there. Uh, I'm guessing you gave up, though, a little while ago. Yeah, I'll tell you, I gave up a lot sooner than you, and I, and I applaud you, Jake, for mm-hmm. hanging in there as long as you did. But, you know, they had me back a little bit when they took those first two games from the Rockies, mm-hmm. and then it was typical Mets. It just mm-hmm. all fell apart. And, yeah, they have to sell. I mean, and, and there'll, be peop- there'll be teams interested in some of those players. The big question is, is do, you, do, you, do you sell Jake uh, DeGrom? I love that pitcher so much, uh, but you've got to wonder, you, is he going to get any better than he is now and what we've seen the last you know, year and change, two years from him? And you got to wonder, is this the most like the Mets can get for him? And you want to think about, you want to think about that. I think that would be a daring, challenging move. Um, there's a part of me I don't want to see happen and still believe that next year they can bounce right back and be contenders. But uh, from what I see in the lineup they have put out there and the disappointments with some of these players that we thought we were going to um, carry the team to great things, it just hasn't happened. And there's frustration, even though I'm not going to be a hypocrite, I love the signing of Ioannis Cespedes and bringing him back. The guy's workout routine is just a disaster that he has done in the offseason. I mean, it's meant if you're playing in the NFL, not if you're a Major League Baseball outfielder. And this is why he's hurt all the time. Yeah, and uh, drinking water would help. Apparently, he doesn't really yeah, stay hydrated. Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, is that it? I, mean I, I cannot believe that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought I heard everything, um, but... I mean, what does he drink instead of water? Some <laughs> well, stupid uh, energy drink or what? Because it's not working. Yeah, well, we know he's he's having cigarettes left and right before a batting practice mm-hmm. is what I've heard in the, in the clubhouse. Yeah. But, but I, I look at Jacob deGrom and I say, you know what? You kind of need him next year because Matt Harvey's a question mark. Steven Matz is a question mark. Syndergaard's coming off an injury is a question mark. And deGrom's the one guy that really isn't a question mark. So while I think you should listen to offers and see what you can get, I think DeGrom is the true staple of next year's team, and I, I wouldn't say this team 
uh, isn't going to be a World Series contender next year, especially with a new manager under the belt. I've been against Terry Collins since he got here, and he's gone after this year. And uh, that brings me to the question of, are you a fan of uh, David Wright potentially being the manager for this team next year? Oh, I mean, it reminds me of when we were like grasping for straws to bring back the glory and Wally Backman, yeah. you know, to be the manager. I know, I know he had some off the field stuff, but, um, and that probably had a lot to do with him not getting that opportunity, but I don't, I don't think he can just plop in David Wright and, and it'll be magical. Uh, I don't think he's ready for that at all. Um, I do believe I'm not as anti-Terry Collins as you and other Mets fans Mm -hmm. because I think he's had so much to deal with, and it's remarkable that he is – like last year was a remarkable season for him considering, you know, that team and that they actually got into the playoffs. I felt that to me was shocking. Um, But, you know, obviously they're going to have to make a change. And getting back to the DeGrom thing, i got to see what's being offered in return. I really do. If it's something that is, you know, jaw-dropping, I think Alderson's got to pull the trigger on it because you bring up good points. Obviously, Matt Harvey, we don't know. We know where his head is at. It's unfortunately not where it should be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Matt's is inconsistent. And, you know, Syndergaard back from the injury, of course. But Syndergaard, of all indications, is going to be fine. And he is the guy that you build around. And if you can get you know, DeGrom is not a young guy. Uh, you know, what is he, 29? Mm-hmm. Um to be 30. I mean, like I said, I think, you know, you wait another year with DeGrom, I mean, his arm could fall off. I mean, so, you know, it is the Mets. So we know what happens with injuries on the Mets of key personnel. It might be DeGrom's turn uh, for a longer injury. I hate to say it, bite my tongue, please. But that's why I'd like to see what's being offered um, and go from there. But obviously, if if it's not a good enough deal, you keep them. And you know what changed the deal? You throw in Hansel Robles in there, and if someone takes Hansel Robles, I think the Mets say yes in a heartbeat because he's been on the Moonshot Express all season. Uh, the guy the guy points up to the sky, and it's a 500-foot home run, like a home run derby. I'm not sure why every time uh, Robles does that, but I agree. I think you got to listen. It's got to be a couple of top prospects you get for DeGrom just because of all yeah. the question marks. And um yeah. I don't know. It's it's like, t- like tough times. Like the deal, times. you know. I mean, that deal that um, you know the White Sox pulled off with the Cubs for Quintana. That mm-hmm. was a great deal for the Agreed. White Sox. Yeah. I mean, I for both sides, obviously, you know, the Cubs haven't lost since they picked him up. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, they got two of the White uh, Cubs' best prospects mm-hmm. in two key positions. So um, that's what you got to look for. And and you know, Degrom is an ace like Quintana. I mean, you know, we saw what he did in the postseason, a big spot. Believe me, again, I don't want to let him go. But if you're throwing top prospects at me, then you got to really think hard about it. Yeah, it'll be worth a listen. Um, in other New York sports news, as you're a Knicks fan as well, are yeah. you are you on board with a Mellow trade? Does it depend on what you get back? What do you do with Mellow here? Well, uh, of course, it always depends on what you get back. Ryan Anderson doesn't thrill me, especially mm-hmm. with that contract. That's not an answer. That's just more trouble. That's more um, of a heavy weight for a team that should be rebuilding. Um, I was hoping, honestly, that Mello would stick around, and I still do. I'll tell you why, mm-hmm. at least into the trading deadline, because um, his stock is obviously very low right Agreed. now. Yeah. And so you put him back on this team, start the season with him. You know, you got the Tim Hardaway Jr., I get it. You know, Porzingis, another year better. Um Mello's not going to have Phil Jackson ripping him 
verbally uh, through the media this year because Phil's not there. So you have the expectations, as do I. I would think that Mello is going to get off to a great start. Mm-hmm. I really do believe that. And he may, say, he may say he wants a trade. I've read the reports where he doesn't want to sit down and talk, the Knicks, talk to the Knicks about staying. Um, that's according to these reports that I'm reading about today and yesterday. But he's got to stay. And let's see him get. Let's see him. Uh, let's see what he looks like when he gets his stock up, because uh, I think the Knicks will do. Will be mediocre, obviously, but um, they'll be better than they were last year. And Melo's gonna. I feel he'll get off to a great start. And then you look into these deals, and I think you're gonna get more for him. Yeah, and Woj reported that he has no interest in returning Melo at this point. The Knicks have truly made this a sour relationship. But I agree, his stock is just so low right now that you're going to get a bad contract and maybe, if you're lucky, a first-round pick or a second-round pick, but he's just not going to get enough right now. Um, Regarding the Knicks' future, did you like the Scott Perry uh, GM edition here? Uh, Yeah, I mean, they didn't have to. Listen, uh, everything I read and hear, I don't know the guy. Everything I read and hear, the guy is like this, you know, has this amazing future, and he's just rocketing up to the top. The Knicks see something in him. You know, it's more of like a combo situation with Steve Mills. We know about James Dolan. He, I would have loved the David Griffin to come in, bring his own people. We know Dolan wasn't going to allow that. Mm-hmm. So this guy is going to stand in line and be a good soldier, so to speak, um, and use his skills and talent uh, to legitimize, perhaps, coming to the Knicks. Um, you know, so everything I've heard about this guy, good in the room, good decision maker, um, you know, could obviously could be a bonus, and they didn't have to give up, like, first round compensation it was just whatever second round and some cash so you know not that i'm paying the bills there but that was a a good deal to make Mm -hmm. all right enough about losing new york sports franchises let's talk about a winner and that's you you are i have to say this and i told my my mom you were coming on and i said mom she's in the national jewish hall of fame and she goes you better tell her you're jewish jake um (laughs) so i had to say that so shout out to mama brown um now you get in the National Sports Media Hall of Fame. Twenty-five years now with Sports Center, and you've had, you've said like in the future you want to maybe be part of the NHL, maybe kick Gary Bettman out. Um, do you envision this, or you're not sure yet? This potentially being it at ESPN after this year? Well, you know who the heck knows, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody knows what their future brings. All I know is you can help create your future by putting things out in the universe. I truly believe that. Um, sitting on your butt and waiting for something to happen is not the way to go. Um, and, and your thinking has a lot to do with everything. So, uh, I'm very proud of my run at ESPN. It was great. Um, I, I felt, uh, in my comfort zone hosting sports center for all those years. Uh, but my true passion is the NHL and hockey. It's a sport I played, it's a sport I love. It's a league I love. It's a league that could be better promoting your players it's a league that should be on everyone's lips, considering the superstars that are in it now and the young superstars to be in the Connor McDavid's and Austin Matthews, just to name a few. Um, and uh, and that's why, I, I tongue-in-cheek, I kid around with the Gary Bettman situation. But mm-hmm. the, I know, listen, if I was commissioner, I would not be booed when I handed the Stanley Cup <laughs> over to the winning team, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I, I would hope so. Um, I mean, every, you say Linda Cohn, every, you're a staple there. So it definitely would be weird to not see you um, at ESPN. Did did the the recent layoffs and the change in kind of media and everything, is that steering you away in, in any way or, at all? 
Uh, you know what? I think anyone who follows me and can Google me, and it was well documented what I said about those layoffs at the time because mm-hmm. I lost a lot of close friends. But that has nothing to do with what I think and what I do in my career at all. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, going into the Hall of Fame was very cool, but um, that doesn't mean my career is over. Mm-hmm. And I've always been a bit more than just four letters ESPN. I had a whole career before ESPN, and I plan to have a career after ESPN. Um, there are some things going on there that I'm just not as passionate about, but, you know, I get, I get how, uh, networks and, and, uh, evolve and, and different people who are making these decisions, uh, um, take leaps and, and go for things and see if they work and see if it sticks and stays. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I can't worry about that. I've never been, I've never had those four letters attached to mm-hmm. me or a Twitter handle. Mm-hmm. So ever. So, um, you know, it's really about, and I always say this when I do speaking engagements, talking to young people, follow your passion, you know, go to work each day, go to a place where you're going to have fun and smile and laugh more than you're stressed out or sad. So uh, I want to continue to do that. And I always like to challenge myself and go where out of my comfort zone. And perhaps if it's not working for the NHL and being Gary Bettman's assistant commissioner and, until he's off the job, you know, it's it's being with a, a hockey team, traveling with a team, uh, being an ambassador for that team, working in the broadcast crew between the benches for a team. Um, that would be one of my goals as well and something I see myself doing. Paging, paging the New York Rangers, maybe? <laughs> yeah, you know, the people that do their job now with the New York Rangers, you know, they're not going anywhere, it looks mm-hmm. like. It's such a dream job for them, and I get that. But there are, you know, now 30 other teams in the NHL other than the New York Rangers um, that, you know, I could be looking at. We'll see. And I, but right now, all is good, you know? Mm-hmm. And I appreciate you going after your passion. I mean, you have hockey kind of in the blood. You were a goalie. What, in high school on the boys' team? You were a goalie at SUNY Oswego. Um, you've had hockey in you since you were, what, 12, 10, 10 years right. old? Right, 12, 13 years old, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, I, Before that, I was playing street hockey, and then I hit the ice when I was 13. So, yeah, that's where uh, I always loved playing, and I love goalie because you know I grew up with a kid with very low self-esteem. Um, you know, I was a kid, you know, I wore thick glasses before I got contacts and I feel good about myself and hockey always gave me something to look forward to. And then being a goalie, you know, and then getting my contact lenses at the same time, you know, I just sort of kind of bloomed behind a goalie mask and, uh, shined as, as opposed to melting into the wall, which is what I used to do when you're a goalie and you're in that position, one of the obviously most important positions in any sport, um, it's all on you. Everyone's looking at you, and you, you roll the dice because you could end up being, you know, the goat, so to speak. And I don't mean greatest of all time. You could be the goat <laughs> and the other definition of the one to blame, or you could be the one that uh, that shines, the one that you're the reason that you win the game. So I was willing to take that chance and um, play with the boys and then make my uh, the boys' team in high school, which was better than the senior prom and, you know, stuff like that. So um, I used that to my advantage to... Uh, carve out this amazing career that I've had working, uh, you know, as I say, you know, in the Boys Club, which I wrote a book back in 2008 um, about it, a self, you know, self-facing uh, look, and my, so I made, made fun of myself throughout the book, my journey to through um, playing hockey, loving sports, and uh, having this career that I had, um, just sort of like how sports and what I went through, like playing with the boys and doing all that helped me uh, get a little tougher skinned 
uh, breaking into a boys' club when there weren't a lot of women uh, doing so. And so that's how big and that's how important sports can be for not only, you know, boys but girls growing up. You know, it just really helps them and helps give them confidence no matter what their situation is and gives them something to look forward to. And it's exciting. I mean, I was a kid that grew my team, my favorite team logos in my notebook, you know, (laughs) in school, you know, and, you know, that knowing when the next game was and excited to watch it with my dad and all that. So it has really helped me uh, along the way become who I am. And, and that's why um, I, I'm not ready to quit yet in some capacity. I want to continue to do it because it really is something that's been always a part of my life. Yeah, and then the book was Conehead. Great, great pun, by the way. I know holds barred account of breaking mm-hmm. into the boys' club, and it's interesting. It's amazing the morale boost that contacts give you because I, I wore glasses, not the, the Steve Urkel style per se, but I, <laughs> I, I wore glasses in high school, and I was picked on uh, the first couple of years. And then you put contacts on him, you become a new person. It's weird what they do. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. so I feel you on that end, and just drawing, I would draw Mets logos and go to games with my dad as well. Um, uh, another, an iconic duo here that you were a part of um, recently was a 30 for 30 Mike and the Mad Dog special. Kind of two guys that helped me uh, know what I wanted to do and get into radio and just an iconic show. Uh, what was your thoughts on how that 30 for 30 was done and what did that show kind of mean to you uh, in the 90s and 2000s? Yeah, great question because um there were so many layers to that for me. Um, before, back in the day when I was working seven days a week doing New York radio and trying to get a break and doing local cable TV on Long Island, you know, this was like in the late 80s. I, you know, for blink of an eye, I worked for WFAN mm-hmm. right before they merged and had that prearranged marriage uh, between Francesa and Russo. I worked with both those guys doing updates for about six months. And then I got a TV job in Seattle um, doing sports. So I had to leave the fan along with my other local jobs in New York and on Long Island. But I've known Chris and Mike for years and years and years. So watching that, I thought it was so well done. I thought they could have gone another hour. I thought an hour was too short. I also thought that I was honored, even though it was a flash of a pan, a very blink of an eye to be in there Mm -hmm. uh, when I was announcing the Mike Piazza trade on SportsCenter. It was so fitting because I love Piazza so much. Mm -hmm. And everybody knows that Mike and Chris, you know, helped um, uh, navigate that trade and bring Mike Piazza to New York and, you know, kick Steve Phillips in the butt to help make it happen. Um, So I just smiled watching that show. I thought it was so well done. The executive producer was Ted Shaker, who I totally admire. He used to, you know, he's a CBS sports guy from way back in the day, and he's one of the guys actually I quoted in my book, Conehead, because he gave me the best advice so many years ago when I was trying to make it in the business, and he would say, you know, the one important thing after a member of being a woman in a boys' club is basically be accurate, be right. Don't worry about everything else. Your personality will come out. All that will come out. But if you're not accurate, if you make a mistake, you know, they're going to be tearing you down because you're a woman. So I'll always remember that simple piece of advice. So I was pleasantly surprised to see Ted Shaker as the executive producer of this. (laughs) And it was awesome because not only did I laugh, I smiled because I know those guys, and that's exactly how they are, the way they're presented in this program. Um, I mean, the story with Mike Frances, I mean, I I was crying with that. I mean, and then... um, laughing so loudly at the end when they were reunited in 2016 and seeing Chris so excited and so full of energy and jumping up and down basically and his arm waving. That's so Chris. So the program really had everything for that hour. 
Yeah, and I agree it could have been longer. And I also, uh, how do you not put in the, the quote where, uh, I don't know if you remember this one, where Mike was talking about the movie Daredevil, and he said, um, uh, have you seen Daredevil? And Russo says, no. And he says, it's, he says, what's it about? He says, oh, it's a crime-fighting superhero. And Russo says, true story? And Mike goes, no, it's not a true story. <laughs> Um, that that had to have been in there. So I agree, it could have gone another hour. And I got emotional at the part uh, where I, I forgot that Chris kind of they broke up abruptly. But I remember that call when he called in and was crying, and that was yeah, an that awesome was moment. Parts, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. and it, it, it's, it's and also just you know you doing what you do, uh, me filling in for SiriusXM, working on with Chris, uh, filling in for him on his show today, which I saw. I'm so honored mm-hmm. to be doing that. That. You know, he wouldn't want me in there doing it if I wasn't doing a good job. I almost have to pinch myself, Jake, every time to think that I'm filling in on his show, on his network, where his name is on it. And it's not being cocky by saying that. It's just like, boy, it always makes me push harder. And and that's one thing when people say, when they talk about my longevity, whether it's on SportsCenter or whether opening up this new thing with radio or going back to it, which is what I'm trying to do. I always say, listen, you have to make believe someone's listening to you for the very first time. It really doesn't matter who you are, what your name is, how long you've been in the business. And that is, that is, and that's same when I'm on SportsCenter, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I still make believe someone's seeing me for the very first time. I don't care if I've been on there for 25 years and done the most sports centers, ESPN, uh, on, in ESPN history. So that kind of, um, strategy and, and mentality motivates me each time. So, um, the doggy was instrumental in and in helping me to become the sports talk show host that I am. That very uh, genuine, genuine, down to earth, real, and it's okay to let out your personality that is genuine and real because that's what I am, and what you see is what you get. For me, and that's how it is with the doggy. I mean, he, when you meet him in person, he's exactly how he sounds on the radio, and you know, no pomp and circumstance. <laughs> that's what he is, and he's a fan. You know, he's a big fan of his teams. That's what I am. And when I had a chance to interview him when he did the uh, car wash for ESPN when he was promoting the 30 for 30, I mean, that's one of the things I told him on the air. It's like, you know, you were like one of the first that allowed that fandom to come through. And that's one thing, one of the many things that I took from him and and not be ashamed of it and talked about that because the people that listen to you or see you on the air, whatever it is, TV or radio, they are fans just like you. And I think they feel comfortable and connect with you when they know that the guy that's behind the mic or the camera or whatever in front of the camera, in front of the mic is someone just like them. Yeah, I would agree 100% with that sentiment. Um, last one before we let you go. I say they reunite at least in a podcast form once a week. Do you do you see a reunion? Because their chemistry is great and they love seeing each other. Uh, I, I think it's going to happen. What do you think? I do too. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, even I, it has to be once a week. I think you know if they're going to do it, make it once a week. Once a month, the stuff will get old. They'll be talking about sports headlines that were in, in this day and age, as you know and I know, it goes so fast. We're mm-hmm. on to the next thing. But we can a week would be great. It would still be fresh whatever they talk about, and just their camaraderie. Plus, you know, I mean, the money they would make, the sponsors they would get. I mean, I don't know what's keeping them from doing it. So, yeah, this was a great step in the right direction for sure. And they ended at 30 for 30 was telling, though, um, you know, it's it's nothing against Francesa, but it's just a different personality than Russo. And Russo went to hug him, and it was sort of like a weird, awkward embrace by Francesa. That, I don't think that was intentional, um, but I just think that just shows how – you know, opposites attract, and then with those two guys, it really does work. 
Linda Cohen, the legendary Sports Center anchor, Sirius XM host. You catch her on Mad Dog Radio today, three to six p.m. Uh, Buster only will be on there, and Phil Savage as well. Linda, it was great talking to you, and uh, hope to talk again soon. Good luck. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me, Jake, and best of luck and success to you. Appreciate and tell Mom I said hi. I will. She'll she'll hear it. Appreciate it. Thanks, Linda. You got it. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.